The time has come, my friends, for another installment of For the Craft. My name is Dan, and I am joined by my partner in Crimea. Damn it. I was trying to think of a pun. I was going to, and beer. I couldn't come up with anything. Could you, could you uh, find one? No. Uh, partner cream. In partner in cream ale. Lime? No. Partner in lime. lime. Yeah, sure. Micheladas? I don't know. This is Dave. This is Dave, and you have found us. We were hiding right behind you the whole time. This is For the Craft. Turn around. Look. <gasps> Hi. Life's a mystery. Great. Hey, we're going to drink a beer. Um, this. We're, we're going to drink a beer, and then we're beer. going to be joined by our friend Taylor. Taylor's a good dude. He's back, and yes. he's going to talk to us about mead. Gosh, how do you guys feel about mead? I'm a big, big fan. As a matter of fact, Superstition Meadery just won a huge award from the Small Business Administration. I think it was announced just this week of this recording um, that for being like one of the top small businesses in the country. They are well. I I know I've seen things online where like people in the East Coast are like, "Holy shit! I need." They like pay tons of money for that mead. That's our new job. We're mules for mead. And I understand so little about mead. It's just so sweet, and I am trying to learn more. And this is a great. It was great to sit down with Taylor and, and talk t- about the mead that he makes. He makes, he makes it, his own mead, and I think that you know the hands of experience speak a lot to it. And so uh, he shares a lot of really cool stuff with us. So before we get to that, Dave brought a beer for us to drink real quick before we jump into all of the smarty, smart, heady, smart stuff with Taylor. That's right. So we don't, even even in previous uh, episodes, installments of what we've been doing, we haven't done a lot of collaboration beers. This is a can collaboration between Mason Aleworks out of San Diego, California, from uh, that region, and a, a brewery that has a space in San Diego, but is from uh, Alpine and Jackson, Wyoming. So we've got got Mason. Yeah, no, that makes sense. (laughs) And we've got Melvin. Melvin's actually fairly new to the state. Clean drop. That's the best one we've had in a while. I think I'll just do them moving forward. That's probably for the best. I prefer you serve me anyways. Uh, Anyways, Jackson's out of, or Melvin's out of Jackson. Uh, they have a and Jackson's room. out of Melbourne, but yeah. who's on first? Oh my gosh, this was a whole mistake. Uh, the, the the what they call their mothership tap room is out of Alpine, Wyoming, but they have a space in San Diego, uh, which is I think we see a little bit of this. It's not a big trend yet, but where we have breweries who are opening up multiple locations in multiple states. Uh, Dan, this uh, beer is called Undercover Hopperator. It is. Uh, a pretty strong beer. Uh, it is. Uh, I'm trying it to smells look. so hoppy and it tastes so juicy. Yeah, that's a good beer. Yeah, it's a good beer. It's six point seven five percent. It's still a super strong beer. Their ingredient list, uh, their grain build is everything from two row golden promise, Maris Otter, which is kind of the grail for some of us. Yeah, beer the old drinkers. English grain. That's the bitters. That's the yeah. That's the stuff I like. Uh, they've got hops, which are so, one, one of them is a fairly unfamiliar hop to me, at least. It's Vic Secret, and then there's Amarillo and Nelson, which of course that's a very part of those hop. ones. Uh, and they encourage you to find flavors of juicy orange, sweet tangerine, and white peaches. What do you get? What are you getting from this? I beer? got those. I, yeah. That's what I had said before you read that. I there's so much pine and resin on the nose, mm-hmm. but it's like citrus pine, which is really what I love. And you'll hear me when we Taylor and I drink some gin that you'll hear later and we talk a lot about pine and citrus being those two leading factors of gin as well as two things that i like love and cherish in beer it tastes like home you know when you have a beer that the nostalgia like flavor and aroma are so powerful and nostalgia right. Right? yeah 
No, I think that's definitely a that's a good note on this. I, um, you know, I think this is a really it's a nice color. It's a good. It feels like an older school beer to me. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't feel like this isn't one of the cutting edge trend beers. But this it doesn't is... have the grain heaviness of a craft beer yeah. from the early 2000s and right. late 90s. All right, so let's jump into my conversation with Taylor. And afterwards, uh, Dave and I will finish and give you our rating on the undercover hopperator. Uh, enjoy this clip. Hi, Taylor. Taylor, welcome back. Thanks for having um, me, Dan. Thanks so much for meeting me here. Yeah. Did you see what I did there? What did you do? I'll do it again. Hey, Taylor, welcome back. Thanks so much for meeting me here. Meeting. Meeting me here. Funny you should mention that. Why? We're, you and I are going to talk about Chardonnay, but did you have something else you wanted to talk about? I love mead. You love mead. Mead is one of the oldest alcoholic beverages ever made. Did you know that? Prove it. I can't. But I trust you. <laughs> I already trust you. <laughs> it's actually quite contentious, but it makes a lot of sense that bees would have made a hive that theoretically would have fallen on the ground and it rained and then boom, fermented and people scooped it up and thought, wow, what is that tingly, wonderful feeling? That is And mead. it wasn't Chardonnay. It was mead. It, it, it wasn't Chardonnay because it didn't take a pot didn't take grapes. It just took bees in a tree, and it was just there. Taylor, you're our known resident home beverage creator. Tell us more about mead. Um, I know that you really enjoy making it as well. So talk yeah, to well, us about you just kind of spit the history of the mead. Yeah. But tell us how you make mead at home and why you love it and where this passion for mead came from. Well, mead is such an interesting beverage because bees do most of the work for you and you know wherever you're living in the world in the country wherever you might be you likely have bees somewhere nearby unless maybe you live in a place like uh antarctica (laughs) shout out to our listeners in antarctica (laughs) the bees are pretty much everywhere around the world and they provide pollinating uh, services to farmers and uh, provide a lot of value to that. But one of the cool things about bees is they go around to all different manner of flowers and create locally unique products that you can't reproduce anywhere else in the world. And so you get this really amazing um, concoction of you know flower juices from all around you that that are only you know if if you are doing let's let's say quote unquote a single hive mead uh, you know <laughs> it's it's got a 20 mile radius maybe maximum i it's probably more like 5 mile radius or so that bees yeah. actually go around and 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 so there's you know all the flowers so in the desert let's say you've got you know a lot of mesquite blooms and you've got palo verde blooms and you've got all these really cool uh, desert trees that they are pollinating and bringing back to the hive and just a little bit of that flavor transfers in. And so there's just nothing quite like it. You know, in, in typical beer brewing, you've got, you know, options of a lot of different types of grains that have come mm-hmm. from fields from all over. Um, it's fairly uniform and there are actually benefits to that, but I, I would argue the creativity of creating meads in different areas has just 
such uh, infinite possibility. And one of the main reasons I got into mead making is my passion for the environment and, and thinking about, you know, so I'm brewing beer and the grain is coming from the Midwest and the water is coming from who knows where. And the sugar from any fermented beverage, you know, could, could have come from anywhere, but generally mm -hmm. the Midwest through corn or barley, right? Right. <laughs> uh, mead is unique that, you know, I can have a beehive in my backyard and the bees bring the sugar to me. <laughs> and, and how amazing is it that you can then extract the sugar out of those combs and ferment it right there at your house, you know, and, and hopefully you live in a place that, you know, the tap water is decent enough that you can filter it and you can combine it with the honey and make a tasty beverage all from things right at your house. And, and that to me just struck a chord. And so I actually invested um, into mentoring with someone that I knew that was a beekeeper, um, worked with him for three years, learning how to work with bees mm -hmm. and, and how to create honey um, in, in a city environment. Because uh, most, most bees in this country are sort of farm tools to try and help pollinate things like right. almonds and things like that, right? But you can have a, a beehive in your backyard and, and have a flower garden and, and they will just, you know, go, go hog wild over that. The things you do have to worry about having bees in your backyard are uh, pesticides and such because you can't really control that. And I know one of the beekeepers here in Arizona has his hives out in the desert to specifically, you know, exclude his bees from getting into pesticides and mm -hmm. such like that. So he puts them in natural areas all across the state. And, and you get a beautiful organic honey with these beautiful uh, desert tones from different plants that you'd only find in the desert, which is just really cool and awesome. That is so cool. Um, mead is a beverage that can last for many, 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 many years, you know, longer than wine, longer than beer. Uh, it's, it's a naturally antiseptic product, which is really cool. So like... You don't have to be quite as clean as you would with beer. Mm -hmm. um, although I'd still recommend being clean just to control your environment and make sure if you are putting the effort into getting you know, as much honey as you need for a five-gallon batch that you, you probably don't want that to go bad. Right, absolutely. <laughs> it's, um, it's a pretty valuable resource, and uh, that's why I invested in getting my own hives and learning how to keep bees and, and do that in my backyard. So. Yeah. so don't get into home distilling unless you meet it. <laughs> well, other than the terrible anchor that I ended that interview on. Hey, did you know that I got stung by a bee during uh, an Easter church service this year? <laughs> on the face? On the face. While you were giving the service. Yes, while I was leading the service. and Just another thing that proves that there is no God. I just, you <laughs> know what? At this point, I was how I felt in the moment, but I don't, it obviously didn't land there because I'm, so whatever. If, so we love to have Taylor in because he gives such an incredible perspective of localization of production of um, beverages. He's so definitely one of those... Just a, norm, just a normal guy that gets his own beehives. I've never brewed a mead. Have you done a mead? I have never made a mead. Uh, did you ever brew the Trapel with him? That He he has a really famous Trapel. I didn't do the Trapel. us and friends, I guess. I think there was an Oktoberfest that I did with uh, him. Time has come, Dave, for us to give our nod or non-nod. And obviously, we're not at this bad boy, this undercover yeah. hopperative. Hop undercover hopperative. Hopperative. Collaborative yeah. between Mason Ale Works and Melvin Brewing. Um, so here's... Uh, you've For, given, Just to cl clarify the scale, it's one out of five knots. Yes. 
And, and a five. the knot is a, it's how many times your head goes up and down. Not down and up. We're not that guy. We, we don't go. No, we don't go down first. We go up and then down. Up and down. And I'm going to say this is a three. This is a three. This is a, I could, I can pair this with food. I know what I can eat with this. I can, I, I feel like I can have a few of these. This is a nice, solid beer. Five knots, Dave. Whoa! Yeah, I mean it. It's just, it's refreshing. It's light. It's so citrusy. It's piney. It's nostalgia. It feels like and tastes like a great beer to me. So that thank you for bringing it. That is the hot take. That That's the hottest take of this episode. Of this episode. Next Maybe to the not. whole, like, did you notice how Taylor had those sound effects when he was telling the story? Uh, I did not do those. He is literally those a wizard. Those just, like, happened when he spoke about the history of mead. And I would argue that his hot take on the origin of mead is spicier than what we just said, but... Because this is a good beer. Follow us on Instagram at at for underscore the underscore craft. Find me on Instagram at drinks on Dan. I am Dave Wasson, W-A-S-S-O-N. Thanks for listening to the show. Share it with your homies and your home owls. Yeah. In the home th- thems. Friends, home enemies, share it with them. Uh, talk to us. Tell us what you hope we do in the future. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, when you see us around, uh, say hello. Cheers, Arizona. Good night. San Diego.